Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Tonight, I'm going to share with you about forgiveness and receiving from God. Mark 11, 25, and 26, let's just go ahead and turn there. And I think, you know, really, I'm not going to read all of these scriptures above, but we're going to start, um, we're going to start with verse number 24. But let me say this, really, the foundation to your faith is in forgiveness. Did you know that? The foundation for your faith is in forgiveness. Now, you cannot be born again without forgiveness. Isn't that right? Forgiveness from God for your sin and my sin. We all have come short of the glory of God. Is that not what Romans tells us? And we are in need of forgiveness. And even when we come to the Lord, we've received Jesus as our Savior and Lord. And we've been cleansed and received the forgiveness and mercy of God. But then that's extended to us uh, on an ongoing basis as we mess up. We can come to the Lord, confess our sin, and what does He do? He forgives us, and what else? He cleanses us. So... We know that that is the foundation to faith. But it's also, forgiveness is also the foundation to your faith. If you do not forgive, as we're going to read here, God does not forgive you. Wow, that's strong, isn't it? Verse number 24 of Mark 11. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, and we said that's not just a, um, you know, a whim or, yeah, I might want that. A desire is something that's strong in your heart that you have a deep longing to see something happen. And he said, the things that you desire when you pray. In other words, you go to the Lord and you, you state the things that you desire from the Lord. Isn't that correct? You state those things. He said, when you pray, Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Some people, well, I'll believe it. I ask God for something and it hasn't manifested. I'll believe it when I see it. That is not the God kind of faith. You believe you receive it when you pray about the desires that you have in your heart and in your life. You believe that you receive it. Amen. The word receive means that you take it. In other words, there's an extraction out of the spirit realm. And you take things. And how do you do it? It's by faith when you pray. And you believe that you receive them. Well, you know, I prayed, but I haven't seen anything. Well, I know you maybe haven't seen anything. But you have to believe before you see it. That is what faith is all about. It's easy to believe it when you have it, isn't it? When it's manifested in front of you, but it's something else when you believe that you receive it when you pray and you haven't got any tangible proof of that. But you've got the Word of God that tells you how to do it. 
And he said, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive or take them by faith and you shall have them. They're yours. But now listen to what he says. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against any, that your Father which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Well, we don't want to hear that because God is a loving God and He always hears. Well, He is a loving God and He does hear you, but He has set a law in motion that says when you are offended, when you are hurt or wounded, that your responsibility before God is to give it to Him. Can you talk to Him about those things? Obviously so. But there has to be a time that you forgive people who hurt you. And, you, you know, last week I shared the story with you how God brought up in me that there was a circumstance in my life that I really didn't even know that I was harboring unforgiveness of, you know, a group of people. I, di I didn't even realize that. Now, did I know that I had been hurt at a certain time when I was in a, a certain situation? Yes, I knew that, but I, I got over it, I thought, and went on. But at the proper time, God brought up in my heart a situation, and He said, you need to forgive those people. Now, if you had asked me, I would have said, well, I, I'm okay with that. But he saw something that I didn't, and I'm sure it was a hindrance in my life. And so I dealt with it, and I received forgiveness for it and a release from it, and then I could go on. That is a very um, therapeutic feeling when you release something and you do it on purpose. But see, God was leading me to do that. Sometimes you just know you need to do it, don't you? And then, you know, we talked a little bit about forgiveness and how when we forgive, a lot of times it keeps coming back up. Have you ever had that happen in your life? I, well, Lord, I forgave them. Yeah, but you need to forgive them again because you've let those thoughts come back. You've entertained that. Your emotions start, you know, churning. And you remember what happened. You know what I'm saying? And so many times you just have to say, no, I released, I forgave, and I'm not going to take it back. I'm not going to pick that back up again. That's so very important, isn't it? Now, unforgiveness in a church or a minister will cut off the power of God. Did you hear what I said? It will cut off the power of God. It will cut off the anointing of God. I, I have been in churches and been a part of churches. And honest to God, in one of those churches, you had some people that sat you know, on one side and some on the other, and there's a great void and you don't cross over. You stay on your side, we stay on ours. And, and this is a church. And how do you receive anything? And then we wonder why nobody comes to the Lord. 
And it's because of stinking unforgiveness in the lives of God's people. And it cuts off the power, the anointing of the, well, there, you know, the anointing just doesn't come anymore. Well, you know what we need to do? Each one of us needs to check our heart. We need to check what's going on. And if we're harboring unforgiveness and bitterness and offense, it's amazing to me how many people get offended I've been offended plenty of times, but you got to deal with it right. But some people, they've got, you know, this little thing on their shoulder, and you just say, hello, wrong, and you've knocked it off. Well, go to your side. You know, that's what you want to say, and it? Get over there on your side. <laughs> no, you want to preach a good gospel message about how Jesus forgave us when we were not worthy of it, and we need to forgive other people too. Now, we've talked about this, and I'm not going to go down this road a lot, but there, there are people that hurt you, and you need to forgive and get away from them. And don't keep letting them do things to you. So when I'm talking about unforgiveness... I'm not saying get back in that mess again. Somebody who abused a child... You think you go and hang out with those people? No, you don't. You release them, and things like that should be turned into the authorities, and people should be punished for that kind of thing under legal means. And then you go on and stay away from them. You understand what I'm saying? You don't keep putting yourself back into situations that could be dangerous for you or harming emotionally or whatever. You know, and as I'm talking in this room tonight, I sense there's probably somebody in that situation where abuse has taken place, and that is hideous. We've got to protect our kids, you know, but let's face it, there, there's lots. I mean, I, sometimes I'm overwhelmed by hearing about children. You know, they've grown up now and, and they've been through such abuse. And don't you just want to pull them in and love them? And, you know, children, our precious children, we got to take care of them. As, as a parent, you know, you, I mean, I know that things happen, but do your best to protect those little things. They're God's gift to us. Amen. But anyway, unforgiveness in a church or in a minister will cut off the power of God. I want you to turn with me, if you'll put up on the screen, I'm, I'm not going to go in my Bible, but Psalms 133, um, verse 1 through 3. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Let's, let's read that scripture together, can we? Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. That means that things like forgiving and releasing people is a necessity. You have to be in harmony, okay? All right, let's go to the next verse. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts 
of his garment. In other words, that anointing oil was poured upon the head and it ran down. And you see, Jesus is the head and he pours down upon the body. The leader, the leaders, and the congregation all receive when there's unity in the body. So as we fast and we pray, we get in unity and allow the anointing to come into the place. I'm expecting the anointing in a greater way. God shows up here, and I'm so thankful for that. But the anointing, just like that, can come into a room and it can destroy the yokes that are upon the people. Do you hear what I'm saying? I didn't say just deal with it a little bit and give you some relief. I said it would annihilate the yokes that are up on people. Well, I don't think I have a yoke. Well, I tell you, if you're dealing with a lot of things that I'm talking about, or maybe even other things, you're bound up, you're chained, and you need to be released from the prison house. And many times we don't even know it. We can't even see it. But others who love us and care for us can see it. But that anointing is poured forth and runs down upon the whole body. There needs to be allowed an atmosphere where unity and harmony is in the house. It needs to be allowed. It's, well, we don't have any control over that. Well, you don't control the Holy Spirit. I'm not, I'm certainly not indicating that at all, but I want to tell you something. You have a lot to do, and I have a lot to do about the atmosphere that is in a church. I'm just sharing some things with you here. Forgiveness is powerful. And it sets a stage for people to come in. Man, I was just thinking about this. Wouldn't it be horrible to stand before the Lord and God say, you know, one day in church, there was this person that came in and you were sitting in that sanctuary and you had bitterness in your heart, unforgiveness. You were offended. You wouldn't release people. And I want you to know they came in and they went out without accepting the Lord. Well, you say, don't put that heavy on me. I don't put that heavy on you. We put it on ourselves. And I'm not just speaking about you. It could be any of us. It could be anybody that belongs to the Lord. We do have, you know, we do have something to say about what goes on in a service in that regard. We don't have control in how the anointing manifests and that kind of thing, but we do control atmospheres by what's in our hearts. What's in our hearts? Search me, Lord, and see if there be any evil thing found in me. Search me, God. And I told you last week there are times that probably we need to sit down, have some quiet time, and just say, Lord, I'm just going to sit in your presence. If there's anything you want me to see and know about my own life, if, if, if they're blind spots, you understand what I'm saying? If they're blind spots in my life, 
Other people can look, possibly, especially those that love us, can look and see these blind spots, but maybe I'm not seeing that. Lord, open my eyes and help me see it. And you know what I think he'll do? I think he'll show you things. I think he'll show you things. One of those quiet times is where I receive that revelation from the Lord about people that I didn't, I didn't really know I was hanging on to unforgiveness. And so I released it and let it go. Now, I didn't go to those people because it was a whole big group of people. And they didn't even know how I felt. And I told you, I, I was just with, with a couple of them not too long ago. And everything was fine. And they were very uh, glad to hear, you know, what was going on in my life and respectful, you know. So, but, you know, who knows if I held on to that bitterness, who knows where that could lead you. I, you know, it could lead you to trouble. I know that. Amen. Okay. So we're talking about Psalms 133 and the power that's created in an atmosphere where the anointing uh, is permitted when people deal with their hearts and get unforgiveness, bitterness, and, and lots of other things it can be too, but this is what I'm zeroing in on. Matthew 18, 19 in the Amplified, I want us to look at this because, again, it's talking about harmony, agreement, and that kind of thing. So I want us to look Matthew 18, 19, Amplified, classic. I didn't give them an outline so they don't know where I'm going. Okay. Again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree, what is agreement? It's harmonizing together, making a symphony together. Have you ever, you ever been to um, a program where the symphony is present and the orchestra, you know, and, and they play uh, so beautifully and, and everybody just blends and you're just thinking, I wish I could do that. I wish I could play that instrument like that. But it's a whole group of people that just blend their instruments together and it harmonizing. It's not one out of tune and, you know, one's on spot. It's everyone and there's a real flow to it. And so there can be a real flow and a real harmony and a real unity and a real orchestration, if you will, of the Holy Spirit when God's people come together in unity. Okay, now that's true in the church, but I'm going to tell you, it's true in your home. I learned a long time ago, Eddie and I learned really together the power of a married couple and the power of agreement in a home. You know, God created the home first, didn't he? He did. And so in the home, it's so important that there's agreement and harmony if we're married. Now, if you're not married, you can, you know, there can be agreement when you pray with people and harmony, and, and that's, that's true. But there is such great harmony because you are a team and you are God's unbeatable team when you are two people that love the Lord <clears throat> and are centered around Jesus and his word. I tell you, I, I, I believe the devil gets up and trembles when he sees people like that, couples like that. But so many times we're against each other. 
and I'm talking about in the home, will work against each other. Have you ever been mad at your spouse? I never do that. <laughs> you, you all know probably, don't you? Eddie and I, we can get at it with one another, that's for sure. But we have fun. You know, we have fun. If we have a spat, we get over it. He's always wrong, and I'm right. <laughs> and you tell him I said that, okay? No, he'll tell you he's always right and I'm wrong. But the thing about it is we love each other. We're committed to each other. We're committed to the Lord. We're committed to what God has called us to do together. And I believe the devil's afraid of that. I believe he is. Now, I know you can be in a home and, you know, one is born again and one isn't. And, you know, that's, that's a tough place. You, you can make it and you can do it but that's a tough place to be in. But it's so wonderful when two spirit-filled people can be in a home and be in agreement because that's where the unity, that's where the harmony, that's where the beautiful music is made by the Holy Spirit in our lives and manifesting things and bringing them to pass. Amen? All right. Um, I want us to think about this, Acts 1.14 it says, these in the upper room, it's talking about the upper room in Acts 1.14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Now, they continued, and that word continued means in spite of opposition. They persevered in spite of opposition. And they were in the upper room. God had a call on these people. He had something that he wanted to accomplish. And they had to persevere in spite of the opposition. And listen to what it says. They continued in one accord and received great power to witness and to be used greatly by the Lord. So the unity and the harmony is so key in God's house and with God's people. These people were about to come out of that upper room and there was going to be such power that was upon their life and God placed upon them that they were going to go all over and take the good news of Jesus Christ in spite of persecution and everything else. Do you think that they could have allowed, you know, here's John and he's mad at Peter because, you know, Peter, th you know, is boasting and he thinks he's great. You understand what I'm saying? They had to deal with those issues just like we did, but they got it straight. And they were in that upper room, not bickering. They were in unity and harmony. And God did some powerful things, and we read about it in the book of Acts. But harmony and unity uh, is, is such a precious commodity. Let's don't lose it. Let's don't let it go because we don't forgive and don't release, and we hold on to grudges and bitterness and all that kind of thing. But when we pray, we can be assured that we receive from the Lord. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.